Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, now we have another club update, this time talking all things Hull with Peter Johnson from HCAFC Tigerlink. There's a Twitter, there's a website, check all of those out. Peter, we're here with managerial news, as it appears Mike Phelan has been appointed as your manager, no longer just the caretaker. Uh, what are your initial thoughts on him signing on long term? Well, first of all, it's been, I think, the best part of three months that he's been a caretaker manager. So it's been very strange that he's actually been called a caretaker manager because, you know, what's your definition? Once you've done two months, are you still a caretaker? It seems a very long period to be that. And then it you know, the other point is, as you touched on there, he's been a caretaker manager and now he's appointed today as head coach. Uh, and there could just be a subtlety there around head coach and manager, but head coach might imply that we are looking to go down the route of perhaps a director of football. So the current talk is, could this all develop into a another saga and everything appears to be a saga and in Hull and the KCOM Stadium. Could this be a saga around, will it be just Mike Phelan or is there somebody else on the way? And of course, the other complication is that in an ideal world, if a club is up for sale, you sell it and the new owners come in and they do something in terms of the managerial hierarchy and they appoint a new manager and everything's fairly straightforward. But we have this very odd situation at Hull City still where the club has been up for sale for a long time. The current owners said goodbye to us in the match programme in August, September time. It was expected that we would be taken over by a Chinese consortium. We understand there are two or three consortiums, consortia, interested in us and that a sale is imminent. So. It is a little bizarre to be giving someone a contract as a head coach, albeit given the circumstances he's been been waiting three months, before a new owner comes in. Because traditionally, as we know, new owners come in and they want to exercise their control. They don't necessarily do what they promised to do prior to the formal ownership. And there's always the possibility that Mike Phelan could be on his way and appointed by somebody who was their man because so often owners want their own person, don't they? Then we get into, well, we've had a contract signed today, but who signed it on behalf of the club? If he was dismissed in any way, who would pay the compensation? Do new owners have to buy out 
whoever took on the liability today within that contract. So, yeah, we at Tiger Link, and I think all Hull City fans wish Mike Feeling the very best. Uh, we want to focus on things on the pitch entirely. We wish him all the best for Saturday. We'll be crying out for a win at Bournemouth. But it's all still rather unsatisfactory off the pitch. We accept that in football, things are often not straightforward at loads of clubs. But at Hull City, it really seems to be done the wrong way. And there is always a question as soon as everything, anything definite happens. So it's a sort of, um, it's partial excitement and pleasure today and part worry as to what is really going on and what is going to happen to Mike Feel. And, and maybe just that concern that because he's been a caretaker manager for so long, we've lost that momentum. We had momentum from our Wembley success when we won the playoff final. And the fact that when we were reduced to just 13 or 14 players, the core of that championship team really went out there and gave their all for the caretaker manager. And we won the first two games, which has been well publicised, and we've subsequently struggled against top six sides. But you just wonder if that momentum has been lost a little bit and that because he hasn't been given a permanent role quicker then we've lost some of that momentum that we had from last season and that, that this whole thing has dragged on too long and the two real losses in, in terms of the, 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 the two real sufferers in terms of that delay are Mike feeling himself and the team because there's no doubt that although we, we were playing good sides in the last few games we lost heavily and didn't play very well particularly at Liverpool so mm. um I think the jury's still out on Mike Phelan, even though everyone's happy that he's been given a chance. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, uh, your wins at the start of the season came with a very depleted squad. You obviously bolstered a lot on deadline day, including the Henriksen signing, which was on and then off and then back on, even after the deadline had apparently shut. Uh, that's obviously another factor in all of this. How have some of those new signings been settling in? Uh, I think, first of all, Henriksen and Mason have impressed on occasions. Both have played in the League Cup matches and have done extremely well. Uh, Mason scored an absolutely cracking goal uh, away at Stoke. Uh, Henriksen also scored and both played well in that game. I think it's fair to say that since Ryan Mason uh, dabbled in the Premier League role for Hull City he's he's had mixed performances but but done okay and Henriksen it's a little bit easy a little bit too early to say really uh Marshall has started in goal a couple of times and hasn't been fantastic but you know looks like he's settling I mean it was a tough debut for him to start at Anfield and he wasn't his best but that was a tough day for us and uh Embercarney has done pretty well I would say uh, we we are in Keane, um, quite reasonable. So I would say, you know, they've done as well as could be expected, but it's a little bit early yet to say just how much of an impact they're going to make. And probably we are just hitting the time when there's a need for Mike Phelan to really get them fully integrated into the squad and start playing them more regularly. They've had time to settle. And I think, you know, the next few weeks, we'll see what they're made of. Fair enough. And then 
I, we can't have you on and not talk about Abel Hernandez. Um, obviously, got off to a bright start like the rest of the team. Maybe not been as great lately. Loses out on the start in the last match to Diomersi and Bukani, who I did rate at Kiev and did often complain about Norwich not playing him enough last season. How do you think you're going to settle this forward position? Do you think there's any chance they play together, or do you think it's just one or the other at this point? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question, really, because... I think early on, obviously, we won the first two games and Mike Phelan looked to be a manager who would be a great deal more positive than Steve Bruce, play more players up front and really go for it a bit more. And I would have said at that point, then maybe M. Carney and Hernandez would play well together and, and would, you know, form a pretty good twosome up front. But two things, really. Um, Diamandi, uh, Adama Diamandi, Norwegian has been playing reasonably well and seems to have found favour with Mike Phelan. And he's been picked quite a lot. And secondly, I think the pressure came on Mike Phelan in more recent games. When we started to concede goals, you know, the losses to the likes of Arsenal, for example, I think it's it's a, he's finding out why Steve Bruce is like Steve Bruce is. Because suddenly there was a slightly more defensive lineup from Mike Phelan. So what I'm saying is, I think it's a little bit easier to play two forwards and give it a bit of a go away at Bournemouth. Not so easy to do so when you're playing the likes of Liverpool, Arsenal and Chelsea and Manchester United. Uh, so the answer to your question, I think, is, yeah, I think it can happen, but he might do it selectively and he'll do it more at home, but against what we would also call the weaker teams away and that's no disrespect to Bournemouth whatsoever but when you're in the Premier League I think you do have to target certain games as games where you really do need to get points and others where points are a bit of a bonus so I would expect to see Embercardi and Hernandez play together at some stage I mean there has to be a bit of a question mark over Hernandez at the moment because I think he has been a bit frustrated about the lack of involvement in games because we've not been getting the ball to him enough. And I think his head may be turned if there's an offer from Steve Bruce at Aston Villa in January or indeed from Premier League clubs. So, uh, you know, that's the sort of longer term aspect to it. Mm. But personally, I would love to see those two play up front because I could see the combination being just right. I think for a long time, people in Hull Hull City fans have wanted to see Hernandez play with what we would call an old-fashioned big man uh, up front. And I think Ember Carney falls into that category, a sort of physical presence in the box. Uh, And I think Hernandez would get more goals playing with someone like that. So I hope we can keep Hernandez. I hope Ember Carney plays with him. And I think he's feeling brave enough. Those two could possibly get as the goals to keep us in the Premier League. Yeah, you mentioned Steve Bruce there a couple of times just recently joining Aston Villa. Do you have any thoughts on that? <laughs> yes, I do. I mean, <laughs> first of all, I think it's fair to say, that, I mean, this is the weird thing. I mean, Steve Bruce has now publicly said that he left Hull City because it was clear that the vice chairman, that's Ehab Alam, that's the junior of the two, the younger of the two, um, members of the Alam family who own the club, that Ehab Alam wanted to dabble and be involved, um, indeed, quite substantially in on-the-pitch matters, and particularly transfer activity. 
And it's clear that there had been some problems in the past with uh, Mr. Alam Sr., but these were sort of fairly minor compared with the problems he had with Mr. Alam Jr., Ehab Alam. Uh, and that was the reason why he left Hull City. And so it's a little bit strange that we seem to now have a situation where Mike Phelan seems to be accepting that similar setup, however weird that may be, uh, when in theory Ehab and Asem Alam could be leaving the club in the next few weeks. So again, that's a little strange. But turning it round to the Aston Villa side of things, I think that's a good move for Aston Villa. And I'll tell you why. Aston Villa, I think, are on a little bit of a downward spiral. It's all going wrong, isn't it? It's not just that perhaps the recent managerial appointments have been poor or incorrect or haven't worked. Um, they seem to be heading in a downward direction as a club. And I think Bruce is the man to, to steady the ship, to point the ship in the right direction. I think he'll get them organised at the back. Uh, I think there'll be a lot more discipline. I think there'll be less gun gun ho, and I think you'll see perhaps a much more more a much more boring Aston Villa, and a lot of Aston Villa fans may be a bit cheesed off at the sort of football we're producing, but I think he'll do the business, and because sometimes at a club when it's heading in the wrong direction, and we have great experience of this at Hull City, we do know what we're talking about. You know, when you do struggle, you really do need someone. You need someone to come in and just keep it fairly basic and play a fairly defensive game and grind out results, get your nil-nil draws and just get some points on the board. And that does two things. It keeps you in whatever league you're in and slowly the confidence starts to grow and the side starts to develop. And I think that will be Steve's approach. And I think, as we know, he is, um, I think he has the best record of any manager for getting sides from the Championship to the Premier League. I think he's done it five or six times. I forget the exact number. Mm. His big problem, his ongoing problem, is that he's yet to show that he can actually establish a team in the Premier League. He's lasted a couple of seasons, but I think that's his ongoing frustration, that he would like to take a side to the Premier League and keep them there for, say, four or five years. Mm. And I would imagine that personal ambition sits very comfortably with Aston Villa because what they want is to get back to the Premier League as soon as possible, but essentially to get back there. And I think that, you know, Bruce's drive to meet his own personal goal will fit in very neatly with Aston Villa's desire to get back there as quickly as possible. So I think it's a neat fit and I think it's a very good move for Aston Villa. I'm very annoyed that he's already pinched our coach, Stephen Clements. I'm a bit concerned that, that raids may continue back to our club, you know, but, but that's football. Hmm. All right. And then wrapping it up with Hall, Phelan is now the manager. You have all these new signings. Where do you think you'll end up at the end of the season? And do you think that's changed with the full-time appointment of Phelan? Yeah. Um, I'm hopeful rather than certain that we'll stay up. I do think that we've missed a trick with Mike Phelan because there was no, as, as far as I can see, there was nothing to stop Phelan being appointed in August. I don't think there's anything happened since August whereby you could say, oh, you know, that that necessitated seven or eight more weeks 
of discussions on a contract. I don't buy that. And I think that spoiled things. I think we've missed the boat a little bit. And I think the crucial thing in is in our survival, and I really mean this, is in the next few days, in the next few games, we really need to win a couple of games. We need to reestablish a little bit of a momentum. If we don't, and we don't win for the next three or four games, I have a horrible feeling that we could be reflecting on those first two games where not only did we win, but we played well. And we will be saying, why didn't we give him the job then when it was all going so well? And uh, we left it too late. So what I'm saying is I wouldn't be staggered if feeling was sacked by January, February time. And I wouldn't be staggered if we hovered around the sort of, I don't know, 15th, 16th position either. But uh, I think it's a key time at the moment. He's got that contract. He's got to deliver and deliver soon because we've had two or three heavy defeats. The confidence has gone a bit and we need the plus point in the confidence that you get when you get a home win or an away win or ever and string a few results together. Absolutely crucial. Answering your question, I think we'll just scrape it and stay up. Mm. Well, I certainly hope that's the case as we love having you on for sure. Uh, so best of luck to you for the rest of the season. Is there anything you'd like to plug before we get out of here? No, uh, I'd just like to mention, as I always do, uh, TigerLink is a whole city supporters group. And one of the things we're trying to do is to raise money via a, via a heritage lottery bid for um, a statue to Ebenezer Cobb-Morley, the founder of modern day football and first secretary of the FA. So look out for stuff about that over the next six months or so. We'll be looking for support on that because we think it will be an excellent focal point to have a statue to the founder of modern day football outside our stadium up in Hull. All right, well, thank you so much and best of luck. Thank you very much indeed, Kevin. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.